Hey, Justin. Hello, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. We got our we got our audio issues figured out. Yeah, so. that was. Thanks for being my tech support. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling feeling loud. Feeling leveled. Yeah. I got my I got no cards here. I flap them around like Merlin. Okay, I don't know if you can hear that. I think this is like go. this is the uh, this is, this is our second one. The first one went good. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm sick of my beard. I cut mine. Yeah, I'm I'm about there. It yeah. is it's it's getting too long. I get with that stuff like with mine. I was about three months four three or four months three three or four months deep and the one day like I had a hole. I have I had uh balm, I had beard balm, I had beard oil, I had beard shampoo, I was fully committed to this thing. And then the one day I got home from the gym and I took a shower and I just felt like a, I get really weird where I feel like a caricature sometimes. Like I feel like a cartoon character or something like that. And it makes me uncomfortable or it becomes like a thing. I'm like, oh, you're beard guy. So I'm like, it needs to get cut right now. <laughs> so once I feel like I've become beard guy, it gets cut. Yeah, it's, it's probably a, a good idea. I've been beard guy my whole life, so I can't. Yeah, no, but it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, are you, it's like ironic mustache guy. It's like, that's what you know him for. Like you're at a, you're somewhere out and you go, oh, that's ironic mustache guy. That's when you, that's for me, when I feel like I'm getting to that point, whatever that is needs to get cut right then and there. I can't handle it. So, but okay. Go back and going back to the, uh, the beard oil. What okay. is that? What does that do? Is that like it's it's supposed to prevent like uh your skin underneath from getting dried up and stuff like that and it's supposed to like give it a nice smell and keep keep the uh the hairs nice and moisturized. Does it make it lay down better? Yeah, it actually does. I was a really big fan of it. It smelled pretty good too. Yeah, mine my problem is it just it's like real bushy. So like when it gets long, it just kind of all puffs no, and sticks out of my no, face. The the beard balm and the beard uh the beard oil really uh, really helped that out for me. Okay. I think you should. I know it's. I know it's uh, betraying your manly urges to not <laughs> groom your beard, but it it helped out a lot for me. Well, I've I've had to go the other way. I have to moisturize completely now. It, it's my my dry skin has gotten out of out of control. So my uh, shower routine is now it, it's too long. It's well, way too long. Well, the thing is now I have a uh, I have developed the twelve step Justin scent and <laughs> uh, grooming process where I. I have everything I need to contain my scent. And I think I'm going to carry this on through the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm going to have the same smell from 30 to when I'm laying in my casket. They're going to be like, he smells the same the rest of his life. So it's an important combination of ingredients. It's, yes. And I try to switch it. I switched it up. The main key is my deodorant. I cannot switch deodorant smells because it drives me nuts. Like I'll be sitting at work or I'll be sitting on my computer and I'll just start smelling the, if it's not, it's degree clean. Anything besides that, there's a cool rush, which is bullshit. Anything <laughs> besides that, if it's not that, then I'm sitting there just having massive panic attacks that I don't smell right. Or my armpits feel uncomfortable. Like I'll, I'll, my, my armpits get anxiety attacks from knowing that it's not, there's something uncomfortable there. Do you ever accidentally buy deodorant in, are, are you a deodorant or an antiperspirant guy? Whatever degree is, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think it's deodorant. Okay. I've I'm I've always been an antiperspirant and I will occasionally buy the wrong kind and it just does not feel right. Oh see, I can't I'm degree is what I used to use uh 
basically old spice the blue stuff i think cause like i think you and your like when we were when we were uh i didn't use deodorant ever until we became friends <laughs> so and it was just using like copying what you guys had and so i'm like oh they use old spice so i'll just jump on the old spice train and uh that stuff i remember i put it on the one day in my like whole side of my body from like my <laughs> left arm to my armpit and like down to my which is a giant rash that that blue stuff is evil it, it was, will it would the pure sport one was like i don't know like skin poison it was just it would burn and burn and burn until you build up a tolerance for it and then it would be okay but it it's awful well i think that's what they're going for like the old spice stuff because the commercials now make me want to use it and i love like i love their commercials they have like these the uh tim and eric do them and stuff like that and like oh my god these commercials are so funny and they're hilarious but i just think about them like they're just selling you because they know it's going to hurt and (laughs) they're selling they're selling it to be a manly product so if you complain about if you complain about it hurting or giving you a rash you're not a man it's genius (laughs) well the 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 antiperspirant stuff does not the white the white stuff doesn't doesn't have the same burning effect no see okay then if that's if the white stuff's antiperspirant that's what i use then yeah <laughs> that my the mystery has been solved for yeah. me but um have you seen the new commercials with like the shirtless guy and the fake website no it's i i can't remember what it's called but it, it's it's kind of funny there's like- one where the guy it's illegal illegal neck exercises to get a bigger <laughs> neck and it's i don't know it's funny there's the one the the old spice ones now are the uh the moms singing the song about their sons turning to men and they're like sliding around on the, like they're like sliding around on the ground like cartoon characters it's hilarious it's it's ridiculous <laughs> i haven't seen that one yeah i was gonna say neither five but i have cause i just explained <laughs> it to you <laughs> you've, you've heard so yeah that's uh that's all i can go through the uh, you know there's there's tons of things i can go through with my scent if You'd be interested at all, so we could. Is, I could. Is, leave, I could leave this the process down down it, below. Is it something that people would be interested in? You know, if you could bottle it all into one, oh, one bottle, idea. and you know, have have your own fragrance. That's something, and we could. You know, <laughs> we we need to make money on this podcast. So I know. Maybe we can friend. You know, have a have our own scent line with. You know, El El De Wap with a <laughs> fresh sense of oregano and uh olive oil is that really part of your scent you no no that the girlfriend the girlfriend always says she's like i always smell like either pretzels or breakfast sandwiches and i, ne- I never <laughs> i never really eat pretzels and i never really eat breakfast sandwiches so it's she, like there's just some days like if i you know she's like oh you smell like or like i think licorice is another one of them and I just find that really I like I don't know if to, I don't know if I should be insulted by it or if I need to like clean up or like go take a bath or something. But uh yeah, I don't know if you do you have that? Does does the lady tell you that, you know, you have a scent? Um I you know I think I'm generally kind of OCD about the scent. I pretty much always just smell maybe like soap and deodorant. I think that's that's pretty much it. See, I remember when uh, we were growing up at your dad's house. You guys would have that uh, oh, safeguard, that... Or whatever it was. Oh, I forget what soap it was, but it was the bar of soap. And that I just remember, like I've for some reason I never used bar soap really. Like I did, but it was like dial or something like that. 
But I remember I used that stuff for the first time. And just and it, I, I got out of the shower and it felt like I dipped myself in plaster because <laughs> it just dried my skin completely out. Wait, like, I'm just, so, I'm like, so you're a, a loofah kid? No, you, you know what? Okay. I was soap and hand kid for the longest time. <laughs> like, just put the soap in your hand, rub your hands together, and wash your body. Thought that was perfectly normal and fine. <laughs> Up until the age of about 20, uh, whatever. Like, the washcloth, the washcloth or the loofah was like a special occasion, I guess, in my shower. <laughs> like, I wouldn't use it all the time. I'd only use it, like, every once in a while. Not thinking that that exfoliates your skin and the dirt off you. So, uh, yeah, for a while, I was just soap in hands, rub the soap in my hands, rub my hands together, and then just wash my body with my hands. And then uh, I figured I told that, too. And they're like, that's disgusting. You were not really cleaning yourself. You were just rubbing soap on soap film that's, onto your skin and then that, washing it off. That's cleaning. I think whoever told you that was was wrong. Well, there's I mean, some there's some weird people with the, the showering stuff. So, yeah. I know. I've always we always had bar soap. And it was always just rub it. I I was a few times I had the liquid soap and I, you know, there was there was only one loofah in the shower and it did not feel appropriate to use someone else's loofah, even if it was a member of my family. Yeah, so no, I, that, I would, that's a line you don't cross. Yeah, I would not use that. So I would try to rub it, just put the soap in my hand and rub it on me and it would not go very far. It would take like half of a bottle before I felt I had enough soap on my body. So that was, it, it didn't work for me. It felt wasteful, I think. Well, the thing now is uh, I had to switch soaps recently because the one I used before, before, this is great. The one I used before had those exfoliating beads in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. And I lo- like, I'm like, oh, the beads felt great. They, you know, get in there. They were like little menthol beads, I think. But then uh, I was told by the lady that there was an article that the beads do not dis- like disintegrate or dissolve and they were polluting the 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 lakes in the ocean which i thought was so which, you were you were exfoliating the interior of ducks well i guess there's this huge thing now where like the plastic the 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 beads aren't disintegrating and they're just like polluting and killing fish in like the lakes <laughs> in the ocean so that that was the one of the days i was like a year or two ago and i had to switch, to switch shampoos so i was my i put I put Mother Earth in front of my scent and had to change it up a little bit. I, I had an issue with zest at one point. Apparently, if I use zest, the um, <laughs> the smell that it creates mixed with my body, chemi- body chemistry um, makes bees attack me. <laughs> I had been using zest for about a week in the summer and I had been stung every day because the way that it made me smell. And that was that was terrible. So zest is evil. Now I have a note card that says beard oil and zest. There you go. I don't, I'll remember that. Beard oil, beard oil is, I'm, I'm, beardology is where I got mine from. Give them a little, a little plug for one person. <laughs> Get but, an affiliate, affiliate link. There you go. So are you going to think, are you going to try to, are you going to start grooming it up or are you just going to go straight for the cut and trim it down? I think I'm just going to make it short. Is. Well, I remember there was a, this is about, this is in December. I remember that when I was growing my beard out, uh, you had a pretty good one going as well, and you cut it. Yeah, I, well, at first to start, I was very self-conscious because I felt like everybody had been growing their beard the same amount of time as I had, 
and I've I've had a reputation of having a lot of beard. Um, you know, it came in it came in in like eighth grade. I grew a goatee to try to cover the zits around my mouth, and you know, then that that just kept going. So I had the nice long goth goatee for a while, <laughs> and then I changed it into a beard, and I've had a beard pretty much ever since then, and. You know, I've always felt I, I grew a pretty, you know, a pretty nice full beard. It's it's orange, which is not really. It's I wouldn't say great. orange. I'd say it's a it's a it's a strawberry blonde. Okay, that's that's generous. <laughs> but okay, we'll go we'll go with strawberry blonde. <laughs> but it's always been nice, full, and luxurious. And then suddenly, everyone else's beards were growing and longer than mine. So I was I got self conscious. But then. Well, then it, it, it puffed out on me, so I felt better. Well, see, that's where the oil and the bomb comes in. But that, that's the thing. I remember I have just recently, I would say within the past two years, have been able to grow a pretty decent, been able to fill out and not look like a uh, a, dirt, a dirty Is, street gypsy. Did your mustache connect with the, what, what it, what's the side of a beard called? Yeah, it kind of does now. It works. Like it, it, it looks like it. It looks like it's connecting. It's not as full. It's see, I don't have the full cover like you do. You have the rug. I have more <laughs> of the draping Amish, but it's it connects on the cheeks, in the underneath. So it, it it could work. It doesn't look like a dirty beard. It works, but it's not the nice like, you know, it's not as thick and consistent as yours. Let's put it that way. You have a very consistent beard. Mine. I'm 30 years old and I finally was able to grow a beard. I was able to grow. I'm able to grow an awesome mustache, which yeah. that's that's heritage. That's all bloodline right there. <laughs> I, I remember your curls. They were see. They were in this thing, it's I. I'm ashamed of it now, but you know I had to do it. It was you know. You're ashamed of having the curls. Well, it's it was a thing there. You know, it was. I was doing it right when it was like I had it right when it was becoming like a, a thing. So you, you, know? you felt like a hipster was the problem. Yeah, like it was right that thing where like everybody was having erotic mustaches, and I'm like, <laughs> it was I was going from November into it, and I'm like, you know, what, I'm gonna keep it going, and it, it worked. I liked it. I thought it looked good. It was an it was an it was an insane look. It did but, look good. But then you become mustache guy. You become <laughs> I became mustache guy. You know, and I'm like, no, I'm not mustache guy. I'm I'm a human being. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's a look that. You know, you can't you can't hold on to it forever. You know, when you go fancy, or I mean, or you will become mustache guy. But it's it's well, a lot to keep up, and it's well. Then there's this, this, whole, this whole thing now. It's it, like it has, everything's it a, a mustache. Season. Like everything. Like I go to Target, and there's mustache chalkboards. Like <laughs> well, you were you, six months ago, you were a pervert if you had a mustache. Now, you know, it's true. Yeah. I, we've we have friends that have bed sheets for their children with mustaches on them. That's creepy. <laughs> well, it, it, it's sending the right signal. I mean, our our young men should just be encouraged to grow facial hair. I believe. But it's um, I don't think it's uncommon for men in general to feel self conscious about their their facial hair. Well, I think, see, I think that's something we all share. I have. I need something because I am. I'm follically challenged up up top, so I need something to like keep me occupied for a little bit, and it feels good. It's like oh, I got to rub my hands through it, you know. I'm like kind of combing it out. It feels good. It's like the it's like the glory days when I had hair, and then I'm like, <laughs> wait, it's the good thing about being bald is that you don't need to deal with this crap. So then I shave it off. I'm like, okay, I know all I have to do is get out of the shower. So 
I guess that's the good thing. That's that's the one thing where I, I realize I'm like this is it's, I'm becoming a chick with my hair with my beard, so I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, I saw I, I watched the. I'm not really sure what it was, but it was a it was a guy performing. Um, it was like spoken word over a violin, and he had he had the Amish beard. So it was pretty much where you shave the front of your face and then mm-hmm. you have the beard on the bottom of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually had to unbutton the bottom of his shirt to to make room for the beard underneath it, which I thought was pretty impressive. I don't know if I, yeah, then you see your Amish, he's a kid, that's what you know him for. You don't know his name, but you know <laughs> he has to unbutton his shirt to show his beard. He needs, he needs room for the Amish beard. Yeah, I've, I've never had to modify clothing for any of my facial hair. No, I think that's the line. I caught mine in my my jacket zipper once, and that kind of sucked. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that, though. That made me feel pretty manly. Yeah. It's nice in the winter. It keeps your face from getting cold. Well, the one day I, went, I was outside running, and it would just froze with icicles, sweat, spit, and snot. <laughs> so it was just like everything was just frozen and like hanging off it, and it was, I'm like, oof. But then you don't have the rosy cheeks that uh, yeah, everyone yeah. else does when they walk into work. Yeah, that's true. But uh, so I'm going to digress a little bit, but this is going back to the baldness part. Uh, our one, our other friend, Justin, who's also going bald, we're, we're starting a band based on going bald. And it, this is just, uh, we were, so we were talking a little bit about it today. And we were always like, we were, we always mess around and make up like stupid joke bands. But this one is going to be like a, uh, kind of like a, a pop punk like uh hardcore type band and the name of the album is going to be called topical treatments <laughs> and the first song is going to be called Ro- uh Your composure clever yeah so look out for that one <laughs> we're gonna it's gonna be all songs just being it's gonna be songs about going bald and being named justin so the uh the subject matter is 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 pretty linear yeah. So is it uh, gonna is gonna be like a story arc? Are you gonna cover? It's gonna, yeah. It's gonna like the the stages. Are there stages of grief with hair loss? You know what? I th- there is. I'm gonna say there is. Especially for because we were we both lost it very at a very young age. We started losing our hair. So, I think yes, there is. Love little oh. memorials to our to our hair. You're lucky that you look you look good bald. You look good yeah, without hair. Yeah, but when you're when you're losing the mop at uh. At nineteen, you know. Yeah, it's it's a little rough. It's it's kind of it's kind of you know. You uh you wear I mean I wear a lot of hats still, but you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> you know. It was was your uh did your um, was your dad's hair situation did that give uh, you any, any oh, prep for what was gonna happen? No, because my dad my dad was bought at like my dad was like bought at like sixteen I think like he yeah. was, but uh no not really because he kept the uh the caped egg for a while, and. In my mind, I cr- I remember specifically the day I was like the hair's going. Uh, the, we were I think we were at, we we were at we were at a show or something like that, and somebody made it. Our one friend who will rename nameless, I guess, because he <laughs> didn't he denies this up and down. But it's you know you know who I'm talking about. Uh, I I believe I do. Okay, so we're sitting there one day, and I'm sitting on the couch, and. I'm, I forget what happens. We were doing something to my, like, I didn't have a hat on or something like that. And he comes up behind me, puts his hands on my head, like, separates my hair and goes, getting a little thin back there, huh? <laughs> right then and there, I'm like, oh. And I had long hair, too. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, I had pretty, days. I had pretty nice hair. I was, I was a fan of it. But I was just like, oh, I'm like, okay, went upstairs, 
at a friend's house, got the clippers, and just shaved it all off at that moment. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. Well, I think this whole this whole episode is is going to revolve around being that guy. <laughs> I think that's the uh, the arc of this this episode is how not to be that guy at a certain <laughs> at a certain point. But that was it. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. I'm I'm not going to hold on. I'm not going to do the comb over, even though I really want one right now because I think it'd be hilarious. Like the the Bill Murray and the Bill Murray and Kingpin comb over, like like you group clumps of it together and just drape it over your head. Yeah, like if I can get that comb over that Woody Harrelson or Bill Murray has in Kingpin, I'd totally do it. But the commitment to that is ridiculous. Yeah, you have to grow one one sheet of hair. A week. Oh, dude, I go like two weeks without cutting my hair, and I feel like I'm like a hippie. I'm like ah, dreadlocks coming in soon. I have. I, I will go months between haircuts, but the the thing that really drives me there is when the neck hair grows out too long. Oh, that that drives me insane. I, I don't know what to do about it. I, yeah. I can't it it I, I'm I'm not gonna go too far into that because it's just disgusting. So we won't I won't nobody wants to hear that. You're you're let's just say uh you have Well let's just say my beard will connect you can, you can and connect loop your... around my ears with the hair on my neck. So it's I'm I'm, I'm basically dog boy. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a dog. Since since you are going bald, you probably don't have the same problem of trying to figure out when it's time to pick a new hairstyle. No, I stick with a completely shaved down now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with a new hairstyle. I think shave it down, man. That's my, that's, no, well, my, everybody, you know, just everybody, everybody has the cool guy hair nowadays. The pompadour is real big. I see all these dudes running around with cool guy hair. Okay. See, now uh, this, this is my problem. My, uh, my, my, my wife has picked out a haircut for me that I'm, I'm going to do. Um, and it is, it is some variation on the pompadour hair. Um, I have been experimenting with it around my house just to try to get used to it and see what it looks like. I don't have the proper haircut for it yet, so it's not it's not great. But I'm I'm having a hard time with it. I mean, the hairstyle I had before, like I'm not I'm not the kind of guy with an iconic look. Like I basically had a some variation of what you might call a faux hawk for the last six years, something like that. And so it it's it's time for a change that that hairstyle is not necessarily uh in fashion anymore i guess and so it's time for something new and i'm i'm going to try this the pseudo pompadour hairstyle and the thing that makes me feel okay about it is it's you know it is kind of trendy now but it is a you know it's a very traditional classic hairstyle as long as you know you don't shave the first like three inches above your ear, and then see, but I, that's how it should be cut, though. Is is that is that the classic? That's, I think that's the traditional. If you want to go traditional, I think that's the way you got to do it. You got to go high and tight, <laughs> high and tight, high and tight up top. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still struggling, and then see, I don't know like how do you debut a new hairstyle? Do you just see, do you yeah. just do it, and then I mean. You know, it's like they say nobody nobody really spends as much time thinking about you as as you do. So will well, people will people notice it? Will they care? Am I just being weird? I don't. It's it's hard. Well, I, th- I think the cool. Uh, it depends, I guess. 
I'm always going to be very spiteful towards anybody with hair, so I'll <laughs> instantly make fun of them. Like, that's my go-to is like, oh, you have hair? You sp- good nice haircut justin bieber how much time do you spend on that you're you're grown <laughs> you're a grown man with grooming products now granted if i had her i'd probably have grooming products too i'd probably go to want to get a nice hot towel put it on my head use uh use other creams and oils like correlate my beard to my hair <laughs> but since i don't i uh i just get spiteful so i think uh debuting the hair i mean the closest thing i could relate that to for myself is i guess when i get a new pair of jeans well, how about when you have, whenever you decided to finally go with the beard, with the mustache curl? Was there any uh, anxiety about the first time you walked around with the curl? Oh, yeah. There was, but it gets to that point where, you know, you just go and do it and you hope for the best. And once you get comfortable with it, it's cool. Well, here's the thing. When I had the mustache, uh, I met the lady's grandparents who were probably, at the time, 86. And so this is the first time we drove down to Florida to meet them. And I never met them before. And they were, they were, they were super nice. They were super nice people. Uh, they were very proper, like very, very proper people, but super nice. Kind of from kind of well off. Hold on a second, my glasses are killing my face here. The headphones are crushing them into my, my side of my melon. <laughs> But I'm like, I get there and I'm like, I have this mustache right now and I look like a total jerk off and I'm going to meet her, her grandparents and this is going to be their first impression of me is who is this with the mustache? And that was the one thing I was worried about. And so I was pretty self-conscious then, but I met him and they were super cool and they thought it was funny. So that, that worked out. And so you, uh, you just toughed it out and went for it. Yeah. See, it was humorous. Like that's, that's the thing. Like before. The, the mustache was humorous so therefore if i if i'm getting a laugh out of somebody i find it okay to do you know like i'm not taking it too serious i can see that so if it's if it's making somebody laugh then it's cool for me yeah well this 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 new haircut would not be making somebody laugh well i think that's a different i think it's a different ball game right there <laughs> yeah i you know i'm i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna see what happens because it's time for something new well are you are you uh are you researching product? Uh, I'm planning on using my my same Fohawk product. I don't. See, I think that's a mistake because just from uh, having friends that have the the cool guy, it's. I mean, they have a. There's a system to get it to hold, man. You need some. You have a system, and it's. I mean, you got to be. You got to be prepared for your couch to be greasy, your pillow to be greasy. Anything you touch is going to be covered in grease, pretty much, to get it to hold in the cool guy, the proper cool guy form. I I don't know that that I don't think that's what I'm going for. I've had, I mean, I you know, with my dreadlock phase, I've I've gone through the greasy hair, and well, I guess before the dreadlocks, even more so, my ridiculous beeswax spikes. Um, <laughs> so I I don't feel like making a pillow waterproof again. I'm I'm definitely not going to go that route. Okay. So you're going for the nice slick to the side. You're going for the nice slick to the side. It's I, you know I, I like my hair to not look to not look wet. Well, I see, like it to look dry but hold in place. I, I need to find these pictures. I was I'm in about second grade or third grade. I had a, a very nice part in my hair to the side. <laughs> I did. I did too. It was very nice, and I got made fun of for it constantly. And only only then, if I was only born twenty years later, I'd be like, you know what? I'm I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> 
I have these. I mean, I did also. I was also like, you, you know, could have, you, you could add some nice, nice dark I'd, frames. I had nice eighty shirts like with stupid patterns on them and slicked the side hair. So I was ahead of my time in the eighty in the back then with my second grade pictures. Yeah. Stupid. I yeah I had my my why why do some parents dress their kids up the way they do? I, I have a picture. I. I Hand to God, I have this picture of me where I was in I was in preschool. I will never let I will never forgive my mom for dressing me like this. <laughs> I was in preschool, and there's a picture of me in like Lederhosen with <laughs> knee with knee high socks, and like I had a bowl haircut, like a straight up bowl haircut around the uh, like you know Lederhosen type things <laughs> and knee high socks. Was was it like for some kind of Oktoberfest? No, it was, was for it? school pictures. Where I look like some creepy doll. <laughs> I need to find this picture and show it to you, but I look ridiculous. Like I don't even know what she was thinking. Like, oh, it was so bad. See, all of all of my pictures from that age, I I mean, I am a very light white, you know, like hurt your eyes in the summertime white guy with very pasty skin and when i was young my hair was basically white um in all of my pictures i'm wearing like a tank top and extremely short shorts was it a bugle boy or body glove tank top yes i i had a lot of bugle boy um I only had, I, I finally convinced my mom to let me buy one of those, it was like an incandescent blue body glove, or was it body glove, those windbreakers? Uh, I can't remember, I, but it was like, it was incandescent, so it was like blue and kind of sparkly, and I, I think the logo was like a like a neon green across the front. I, I wanted one so bad, and I finally got it, but it was a terrible idea. But I think, but other than that, like the, the clothes that I had in all my pictures, like they did not look good. I did not look, it didn't look cute. I I didn't look cool. I just, <laughs> it, it looked like I don't even know. And well, and I'm I I worry that I'm doing the same thing to my kid. You know, basically when I pick out clothes for him, I try to pick out his, you know, the comfiest looking clothes. Well, I think that's the thing you get. That's what you need to do. Like, that's the thing I never understood is people that drop insane money on kids' clothes. Yeah, well, my, my wife does a really good job of picking out what, to me, looks like, you know, very, very good-looking, you know, cute clothes for a kid. Like, he doesn't look like a bum. He doesn't look... Well, the, there's a... There's, he there's, doesn't look like a nerd. <laughs> okay, this is, uh, this is my thing really, really, with... That kind of stuff. I feel like sometimes, okay, like parents that try to force their kids to look like something, you know what I mean? Like you have like kids that are like three or four, like jogging around in like full out Under Armour gear. Like your kid's not pers- like perspiring. You, you shouldn't be, we shouldn't be wearing Under Armour. He doesn't need, he doesn't he, need wicking. He doesn't need wicking. He doesn't need heat retention. And then they have, you have these, these people that dress their kids like, uh, like they've been to like, an 80 like an 83 washington dc hardcore show where their kids are running around in like uh minor threat shirts like their kids have like they're trying to give their kids cool points like off the bat like like when they're in uh fifth grade they're like some kid walks by with like a blink 182 shot and the kid goes hey poser i was into minor threat when i was two what do you 
your way to jump on the bandwagon, man. Like <laughs> that to me is the funniest thing in the world because it's like you're trying to push your kid into something. Like I don't, I don't know, but it's just, I just find that funny when you see these kids <laughs> wearing like you they have like baby Ramon shirts and stuff like that, or like uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it weird. It's like your kid has no clue. Your kid wants to hear Elmo, and you're you're like trying to you're trying to make your kid a you're trying to make your kid a prick by the age of three for well not listening to hardcore. Like, I, I, you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you ever see these kids or these yeah. people? It's like, oh, look at I'm gonna take a picture of it, put it on Instagram, so then you can go back and tell your friends that you were into it way before they were into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can see like a general tendency of wanting your kids to be in, into the same things you are. Yeah, but there comes a, I mean, there comes a line like, you know, you're doing like it's premeditated to to a certain extent because the, those because those parents are pissed that their parents weren't into uh into that's like their dad was into Fog Hat and not <laughs> not into Black Flag, so they're they're <laughs> super pissed about that. So they're they're trying to uh, make up make up the uh the terrible childhood they had by getting their kid into that kind of stuff <laughs> i am um, i i had the revelation on um this i had monday off and uh so did so, i so, so did I, I took i took i took the kid to an indoor playground um which i mean we had a good time but it was definitely the same idea that everybody else had I mean, it's it's winter. It's cold outside. There's not a whole lot of places to take your kid to play. Is so it the mall have, one? No, it's it's called. Uh, it, it's down the street from the mall. It's they they pretty much they bought. Uh, it must have been a storefront with like a storage area in the back, but it's all just one big building. And there's <laughs> it's, a it's pallets. <laughs> well, no, they opened it up, and so now there's a a giant like cedar play area in there and then some other toys or some other like there's a giant cedar one there's a small play area for little kids there's this death machine that's um so it's basically it's like a merry-go-round so there's like a mushroom peg in the middle and then there's bars off of it and each bar has handlebars and a bike seat and pedals so and holds up I think it holds like six kids so like six kids can sit on this thing and just start pedaling and going as fast as they possibly can in a circle um and usually what happens is there's like there's like four kids like four big kids you know like five or six years old and then there's like some some like someone's little two-year-old brother on it and the two-year-olds freaking out because the five, six-year-olds are pedaling as fast as they possibly can in a circle. And then all, all while this is happening, every other little kid in there is pretty much magnetized and like drawn into the path of this quickly spinning bicycle. So you have kids spinning, a small child freaking out because he's going way too fast and once off. And then you have... Hopefully you have the parents of these children deflecting all the kids who are trying to run into the path of this spinning death machine. So like all that's going on. Um, and then there's this giant, giant cedar play area over top of it's basically industrial carpet on top of cement. And there's giant, the, the thing's probably eight feet tall and there is like just openings that just fall out onto nowhere. 
So the whole thing is is pretty much just danger. Is it just um, Mad Max in like a playground? It seems like it, it, it's pretty nuts. Um, like because you know there's a lot of parents who are kind of like following their kid around, making sure things are okay, and then there's also a good portion just kind of sitting off to the side looking at their cell phones, um, and like you know so you're I'm. I'm probably kind of a helicopter parent, but I just really like to play with my kid. So I'm always running around doing whatever he's doing. And I, you know, I'm usually the guy that's if, if I see a, if I see a small child like wobbling over to the death bike machine, I'll like kind of deflect him. <laughs> but, um, you have cookies in your pocket. Hey, kid. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like smacking him in the face, trying to like, no, turn around, turn around, go the other you way. Running, you running clothesline him to save <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Um, you know, stopping the bike if when when the crying kid wants off and nobody seems to be paying any attention. Um, well, well, do you kind of so when this is going on, you're sitting there, you're like, you kind of feel like the one kid's gonna fly off probably, or somebody's gonna get like, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll try to like if if there's a kid that's not holding on, I'll I'll try to make sure the other kids are going slow enough, or you know, try to pull the kid off when he comes past me if I have to. So you don't um, think you don't think ah, oh, I'm gonna he's gonna learn a lesson right now and. Um, for the most part, if I don't think a serious injury is going to happen, I say, learn your lesson. But <laughs> on, on this thing in this, in this environment, I don't, I don't see any way of this going down without there being any kind of serious injury. Um, but yeah, well, back to the, the point of the story was while I was there trying to deflect children and, you know, having a good time, I, there are some kids that are just jerks. Like there's, they don't have a chance. I don't feel like they're just, they're just jerks. I mean, there was a kid who was every time there was a line for the slide, for some reason his his idea would be to run up the slide, and it was too steep to actually get up. So he would just run up the slide to the point, the farthest point he could get, and just stand there. And his parents were nowhere to be seen. They were off somewhere else. He would just stand there and look at everyone up on top, or whenever, um, he wanted to go on the death bike machine he would just stand in the path of it and not let anybody anybody pedal and it was like i what do you do with a kid like that well, well i think it goes back to the uh the very the the well-studied uh doyle rules theory <laughs> that it's just the, you know like there's nothing you could really do because you know that kid's a, that kid's a d bag, so it's like more than likely his parents are going to be d bags, or they're going to be super nice. Like they send him to like a Montessori school and like try to really like help him out, but he's just not there and he doesn't care. So I think that no matter what you do, you you're not going to be able to win, and hopefully redemption comes to that kid. <laughs> like you know, you somebody goes down the slide and clips his legs. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't. I don't know. It's, I, it, it's hard to wish that kind of thing on like a four year old. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm I'm always. I am a big fan of. You uh, you learn your place in life, I guess, and it's the it's the kind of the thing where you know, yeah, you might be the you know it's like the bully kid and stuff like that, but you kind of learn your place quickly, I guess, if that makes sense. Where you know that kid has his place, but you know. He's high on top of the food chain, but that's, you know, you somebody might knock him down a peg or something. Like that. I'm, talk, <laughs> I'm talking about revenge against the kid right now. But uh, no, I mean, I think like, that carries over in everything if you think about it, you know? I, I say give kids a block of wood 
and see how they use it to defend themselves. <laughs> but you, you don't want to be the parent of the kid that hit the other kid with a block of wood, because even if, even if the kid deserved it, you still look like the bad parent. Yeah, but then the, the kid sets an example that, you know, you either, if you're the kid with the block and you hit the other kid, <laughs> you, you're either going to have two outcomes. The kid's going to cry and other kids are going to know not to mess with you. Or you're going to hit the kid with the block and the other kid's going to beat the crap out of you. And you set a standard. <laughs> I think you always set a standard. <laughs> That's the most important thing here. I, I think, yeah, you need to set the standards. Let's talk about this indoor jungle gym of death. Yeah. Is it like a four, is it like a discovery zone type thing? Or is, was this discovery zone was like a Midwest, was that like a Midwest thing or was that like a full country? I don't, I don't know. I know it was definitely big here. The H, it It it, had, it had its own, its its own variety of death traps. It had its own Petri dish of, uh, of plastic balls, which kids got deathly sick from. (laughs) Which it was just a cesspool of disgusting kids and vomit and pee and pee. like what, right, let's see, what kids like I remember going to the Chuck E. Cheese not Chuck E. Cheese, uh like McDonald's playhouse and stuff like that. And there's a kid always peeing in it. There's always a piece of poop in it. Like let's talk about it if when your kid becomes the peer or the pooper kid. <laughs> like who's just urinating and defecating inside tubes. Like when do you start worrying about that? You know, like, what do you, how do you punish that? I'd rather, I'd rather have my kid be a prick than be the peer, the pooper kid. Because that so right you're, there. You're saying you've seen kids intentionally pee and poop? No, no, you never see them. It always just smells like urine or there's always a piece of poop in there. You never see the corporate. You never see the, the person that's done it. It's just always there. See, I, I like to believe that that's happening by a very young kid who who his parents thought was potty trained. You know, they're like, well, you know, little, little Tony is, is he's, he's going, he's going to the, he's going to the potty most, you know, most of the time on his own. Hey, uh, so little, I think, little Tony's got to go to the bathroom. So I said, hey, Tony, just, just drop trowel, go, go in the little tube thing and you're good to go. Hey, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a not my problem. Well, no, it's like little, little Tony's going to, you know, He's going to the potty most of the time when I'm at home with my eyes on him. And every time he looks like he has to pee, I put him on the toilet. So I'll take him to this massive labyrinth of tubes that I don't fit in and let him let him run wild and assume that he is going to come out when he has to go to the bathroom. I, I you know, it's not it's not good logic, but. But first I'm going to all hop up on Happy Meals and High C before they do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll get him, you know, give him a lot of pizza, a lot of candy, you know, and. Get them all, get them all fired up, and you know maybe get them a Pepsi, send them, send them into the discovery zone, and see and hope for the best. But yeah, I mean that thing with its with its roller slides that was like skin traps, uh, the ball pit of infection. Wait, ball pits. I loved ball pits as a kid. I mean they were fun. You know when else could you just jump and flop? And oh. not worry about getting hurt and not drown. <laughs> well, there's a th- then but, I think but, I think there was a time too when uh, when you were younger where you did that stuff. But then I think we've we've had this conversation before. Remember when you used to slide down the stairs on your butt and you like, you just like roll like slide down the stairs? Yeah. 
in, and a, sli- the, in a sleeping bag if you were lucky. Yeah, and then the one day you uh, you catch your manhood, <laughs> and, and you realize that that's not happening anymore. <laughs> and it's the same day. It's like the same around the same time where you like run to jump into a pile of leaves, and you realize that it really hurts. That you're pretty much just jumping straight onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, as a as a kid, it doesn't hurt as bad, I guess. But so here's but, the thing: that when we were kids, like, all right, so I know when we were kids that uh the american gladiators was huge like yes they did a great job like in our generation i feel like of marketing things to kids that shouldn't have been marketed to kids at all (laughs) like rambo and uh aliens and uh just they marketed the crash test i remember the crash test dummies not the band the toys. They had toys for crash test dummies. I, I remember I had them. Yeah. but you, I, you would never keep track of all the limbs. It was like Mousetrap. <laughs> you ever meet anyone that had all the pieces for no, Mousetrap? No. no. <laughs> Didn't happen. The box came missing pieces. No one could ever play that game. But, but go on. But all right, So the, I remember American Gladiators was huge. And that was when... So we were getting... We were watching these dudes on steroids beat the crap out of each other, but with games like you like the uh the one where they hung onto the rings and they swung across and they had to like pull each other down like that was play the that, big one play that on the monkey bars well, exactly there's like four <laughs> kids in my class that broke their arms yeah because because one of them's holding the other one up in between their legs yeah. <laughs> just dropping them on the ground you don't think about dropping somebody from five feet up is gonna break an arm there's, there's a big difference between a foam pit and mulch there's the mulch is not as nearly as forgiving but uh i remember we did that and then me and my brother would do the the jousting Remember the joust with the, the things and you'd hit each other where you've got broomsticks yes. and taped pedals around them. <laughs> and we'd, we'd, we'd hit each other like that. Pillows and I, move. And, and <laughs> you never thought about it, but like we'd hit each other and it kind of hurt. But uh, I think the one day we decided, this was like after an American Gladiator things, we were also into, we were doing karate at the time. So we had all the sparring gear and we decided to fight each other. And that led to uh, me knocking my brother out cold <laughs> when we were like, I was like probably a nine or I was probably like 10 or 11. He was probably like, he was a couple years younger than me, so like eight, seven or eight. And I knocked him out cold. So let's talk about, let's talk about Kid Justice, by the way. <laughs> Kid Justice? Kid Justice. I think that's the, uh, so yeah, like how do you, I guess, how do you, you know, back to, let's go back to this. Let's, let's turn this on. You could, there's two things we could talk about. We could talk about, you know, let's talk about the toys and that. I'm, actually, this is the thing I'm interested in. Like, what, figuring stuff out to give to your kid. You know, because that's the thing. Like, I know for me, like right now, I'm like, I'm going to give my kid Nerf guns and tax and let him go to town. <laughs> but I know that, like, you know, when I, when I have a kid or, you know, whenever I have a kid, that it's not going to be, I'm, I'm going to be like, he's going to get Duplos and, you know, a padded Teddy Rupskin, <laughs> and that's going to be it. Like, am I going to turn into the am I going to turn into the neurotic parent that's going to be sitting there, thinking that you know he's going to be a if I if I you know. <laughs> well, kids kids will find their their ways to those things anyway. I mean, there's those studies where if, even if you never give 
you know, a boy a gun, he will eventually use a stick as a gun. Like, it's just one of those things that they are drawn to. I mean... It's America. They're American (laughs) kids. With my boy, it was... we, We stayed away from weapons in the beginning. And then suddenly all we were doing was having sword fights with baseball bats. It was, you know. It, <laughs> like how became... Terrence from, from not having any weapons to you're having like gang wars with <laughs> baseball bats in your backyard. Well, so then it was just, he would say, Daddy, let's have a sword fight. And he would hand me a bat. So he, he you know, he made that up on his own. And now we're like, well, you know, he is, he's going to do this anyway. And so now he's got, you know, he's got a bunch of a bunch of swords. He's got all the Ninja Turtle weapons. So he's got bow staff, num- nunchucks, uh, size, so, and a sword. So have you? Did you like? So, I guess so. He has an arsenal now. I guess this is more for you. Did you catch yourself like gradually changing your views on stuff? Like, were you like, he's not having any weapons. We are we are not gonna not gonna be strict about it. But you know, we're not gonna let him have any weapons. Then he, when he like starts getting into it, you're like, well. Well, you know what's what's one battle axe you know what's... well we've we've done a pretty good job of of staying away from guns um i'm not i'm by no means anti-gun or you know i'm not i'm not on that side i'm but you, there's you just get, like, they're 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 kids, take it or leave it type thing for you yeah well it's and it's just the idea of playing with them is it's this just could be scary. It's hard to, you know, it's hard for someone else to determine whether or not a gun is a toy. I mean, <laughs> we had, we had a, we got pulled over. Remember the time we got pulled over? And I think it was, you were holding a skate tool in the, in the front seat and the cops came up with their guns drawn because they thought you were holding a gun in the front seat. Oh yeah. Skate tool. Oh, yeah. And you know, just those kind of situations, it's, you know, you see someone, run around the corner with like a sword or a set of nunchucks no one's gonna be no one's gonna be scared it's like those are obviously toys or it's not an immediate threat to you but somebody comes running around the corner swinging any kind of gun you know it's it's a little it's a little uncomfortable so we we stay away from uh, from guns he's got for some reason a bow and arrow feels better than a gun i don't it's it's a more skill weapon (laughs) yeah so he's he's got a he's got a bow and arrow with with suction cups, and he's got you know his arsenal of ninja turtle weapons and more swords than anything else. But yeah, I guess I guess it had kind of it's changed the well, the view on it has changed a little bit. But he does not he does not appear to be a serial killer <laughs> or, or or anything yet. <laughs> not mutilating animals so we are in the clear no he, he's he's very good to both of our dogs i remember i was never allowed to i i always wanted a bb gun and my mom would never let me have it which was probably good because i would have probably shot my sister with it yeah well i have a bb in my stomach still so yeah i was but i remember uh, and my brother and i got along so that was <laughs> probably for the best i remember i think i forget this was we were like like seventh i think i was like eighth grade or seventh grade at that time but uh when we when I was living in the neighborhood, uh, the one friend down the street, not the friend, not the not the bald making fun of me friend, the f- <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about right? Uh yeah. All right. Uh, he had a BB gun, and I'm like, oh man, you have a BB gun. And the one day we're like, I'm like, let's go shoot it. And we were shooting cans. I'm like, okay, this is cool. We're shooting cans. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is fun. 
And then he's like, all of a sudden there's a bird flying and he shoots the bird. And I think this is the first bird he ever shot, but he hit it. <laughs> and then we went and saw it and we all got like sick to our stomachs and like we're, we felt super bad for shooting this bird. <laughs> like it was, it was this thing from like instant like gratification. We were shooting cans to somebody, he like, he, it got real and he shot the bird. <laughs> and I just remember like, guns, like I don't like these BB guns anymore. I can't. I can't do it. But then I shot a handgun when I was older. That was super fun. <laughs> it was on New Year's Eve when we just shot into the air, but that was really fun. Yeah, I've I've done some target shooting and it was pretty fun. See, I want to I want to go to a shooting range, but I want to shoot like the like the dirty hairy, the massive gun, <laughs> like the gun from Police Academy. That's what I want to shoot. <laughs> I don't. Can you rent those? Can you rent a gun? I, I don't know. Do you have to? I I think you have to know somebody that has a gun to go to one of those ranges. Uh, you, I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe you can join a club. I'd show up there and they'd get out of here. Like, no. <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're, they're always looking for supporters. Well, see, here's the thing. Everybody buys, like, all right, so I guess there's, there's some people that buy guns for protection. They're like, you know, someday I'm going to I'm gonna have to protect my home front, you know, or the government's coming after me. I was never interested in guns until The Walking Dead, where I'm like, I need an arsenal just for the fact of The Walking Dead. That... <laughs> I'm not worried about people coming after me. I'm worried about zombies coming after me. And I need to have enough guns and ammo and knives to take care of this and to survive for at least a couple months. That's when I started wanting a gun. <laughs> not anything else, but that moment. That and I wanted a hatchet too. That's when I started looking up weapons for, uh, for protection of my family or my, my homestead <laughs> was for the zombie apocalypse. Other than that, I can care less. So I guess that's, uh, you know... I'm very easily influenced by uh, comic books and television shows. <laughs> yeah, I could. We we had a we we had a moment where we were trying to figure out if if the government collapsed, what what we would do, and pretty much our decision was we would go to the pl- the only place we knew where we knew the you know a person that had guns, which would be my dad's house. We just really. gave it away. Yeah. So if you know if if the government ever topples and you know what anarchy ensues <laughs> it's and everyone is, is holding everyone up you can find me at my dad's house we're covering we're covering guys. a lot of ground here we have we have beards <laughs> kids and <laughs> and crazy politics uh, yeah if, and zombies we have zombies yeah, too in there t- tip of the show um, <laughs> plan for where you would go if the government collapsed prefer smart money is on somewhere that has guns <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see how much makes it into the show the government tumbling <laughs> well it was you know it, it, it could happen yeah, hypothetically so it's <laughs> it's good to have a plan in case you need it all right matt i i uh i think we're done yeah i think that's uh that's good all right well um I'll talk to you next week yeah. bye justin bye bye matthew <laughs>